Well, Jasper and Costello for this second hour of the program this morning, four minutes past eight o'clock. Timmy Payne has gone off to do Australia a coaching duty. So you're going to have to put up with me on my lonesome for the next 60 minutes. But pleased to say yeah, we've got a doyen of footy on the line at the moment. What a final round of the AFL season it was. It had a bit of everything. And to unpack it all for us, a man that knows it all better than anyone else, SEN Zone, Jared Waitley. Welcome back to the show, Jared. Brent, great to be with you. Sorry, Tim can't be here, Jared. So uh, it's just you and I for the moment. But gee whiz, it was a, a fascinating end of the season, wasn't it? As I said, it had a bit of everything. North Melbourne, of course, the the game last night uh, with uh, we weren't sure who was going to be in the finals. Uh, what's your early takeaway from the round? Yeah, so last night was that's everything that you hope for at the climax of a season. It looked like it was a triple threat match. So Carlton was sort of playing out of obligation. The Giants were desperate, and the Bulldogs were the third party in their absence as to who was going to make the finals and then as it went on in the third quarter it developed into a a fatal four-way because St Kilda were drawn into it as well as to whether they were going to lose their home final at the hands of the Giants so um, it was an incredible atmosphere I must say at the at the start the Blues fans were amped up like I've rarely experienced Marvel they were there to see Charlie Curnow win the Coleman medal he did that with a couple of goals early on in the piece The Giants did incredibly well to balance up in that environment and really impose their style. Uh, And they were miles better than Carlton as the game unfolded. And just for a brief time in the last quarter, they held six. They were 0.03 of a percent in front of the Saints and and were going to be hosting that elimination final. Carlton kicked a couple of late goals, which would have meant nothing to the Blues, but meant everything to St Kilda. So the St Kilda faithful through the ringer across the weekend there's they will see their team in a final in Melbourne for the first time since 2011 and the Giants claimed the last place in the eight. Uh, so much to, to be excited about. Uh, I'll tell you what I liked about yesterday I mentioned this off the top of the show but just having all those games not overlapping I thought it worked so well and do you think we'll see that in the future when the new broadcast rights come in? I hope so I, I've never understood why we climb the Sunday games all over each other. The early start is the key to it, the the 12.30 start rather than overlapping with the 3.20 game. And then you have to make a a judgment at the end as to whether 6.10 is too late on a Sunday or whether you keep the twilight and just give the second half clean air. So I'm a huge advocate for pulling those games apart. Yesterday worked perfectly during the regular season, I could imagine I could imagine the twilight overlapping with the, the last game so that you get the full second half, but there's no reason why that, that first game doesn't start at 12.30. Absolutely. Now, I'd love to get your thoughts on North Melbourne. I was uh, lucky enough to be there on the weekend. It was a, a really fun game of footy, plenty of goals. Kick Nick Larky was outstanding, but did you buy into the commentary about you know North Melbourne potentially trying to lose? We've, we've talked about this, but how, how did you think they approached it? And Alistair Clarkson's such a competitive beast, so they were never going to try and you know get out of it in any way, were they? And try and get that number one pick, I wouldn't have thought. No, it proves to me that that tanking is a media fascination and maybe a fixation and maybe an obsession, and it has been for a lot of years. The fact that we saw West Coast and North Melbourne win in consecutive weeks uh, just reaffirms that for me. So. If North Melbourne had lost on Saturday, it would it would have been because they've been no good for 20 weeks, but they steeled themselves for a great final performance and they get plenty out of it. Now, the, the additional overlay, of course, they don't have the number one draft pick anymore and they would have to, if they want Harley Reid, they're going to have to trade back into that. So that provides a, a lot of 
um, a lot of interest ahead of Trade Week and what their their um, what their strategy is going to be on that front. But I think these teams have to that they. I, there's so much in those performances for West Coast and North in the last two weeks uh, on a backdrop which has been utterly dismal for them throughout the season. Uh, the, the days of actively tanking, I think, are a, a long way in the past. They were proven to be culturally damaging. They didn't amount to success for any of the teams that embarked in those dark arts. And I just don't think it's a reality of now, despite all the commentary that you hear about it. SEN's own Jared Waitley is our very special guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. Jared, what do you think West Coast do with pick one now? Do you think they trade it away? Obviously, they've got some interesting curtain over there. Do you get Harley Reid over for a couple of years and his dollar increases? Uh, what do you see playing out? So my view would be, and this is not based on what I know they're going to do, but I think they need three players rather than one. If, if they could use pick one to line up the three best players in Western Australia, I would do that in a heartbeat rather than taking Harley Reid. So it'll be so interesting because we don't at the moment know what they're going to do on the coaching front. There's going to be mass change around the football department and in the administration. So are those who are going to be running the club in the future going to be making this decision? I'm just not quite sure. So... They, they hold a, a great hand with the number one draft pick. I don't know whether they'll actively use it or not. It, this is for their position where they haven't been in the draft for, for too long. I, I would be looking at three players rather than one. That, that's sort of always been my thinking around it. So, um, And there's a long list for Harley Reid. I, I think there are at least a handful of clubs out of Melbourne who would put together package deals for him. And I think West Coast will at least listen to those. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how it all plays out. Uh, just back to the game here on the weekend, and obviously a, a, a week full of excitement and positivity for the Suns, but that loss against the Roos, it just felt like uh, the perfect representation of how the clubs failed to de- deliver, really, and rise to the occasion since its inception today. Yeah, and maybe the, I think the comparison point, the Giants just qualified for their sixth final series in 12 years, and the Suns haven't yet done that once. Um I do think there is a there's a moment where when the club changes stream for next year, I, I think that probably infiltrates. Is Stephen King's not the coach anymore come Saturday? Is everyone's got an eye to the future with Damien Hardwick? I sort of understand how that performance happens. I also think it gives Hardwick all the ammunition that he needs to watch sort of a, a, a an uncommitted and in some ways a weak performance like that. Is he comes in with He's got absolute authority, and he's got um, he's got presence anyway. But he's got he's got carte blanche with that group to demand whatever he chooses. He'll be part of the exit interviews right now. I think that's actually a really good scenario for him to have them play in such a way right at the end, just to give them a few home truths, and then the. The long-term issue is where do some of those players have it in them to be more than they are? They're flaky and and always have been. So, yeah, it's not the worst scenario for Hardwick. I think a study of the human condition made that possible. The club had moved on and it was no longer a priority. But, yeah, is what did he say? 80% of his premiership group is there. Yep. He's got a lot of – he'll be riding them hard. He'll be riding them like the top weight in the new market, I reckon. <laughs> Absolutely. We love your thoughts on the weekend of footy on the Kia Tassie open line 0437 552 535 is how you can get to us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. 
Now, Jared, we heard how strong you were about the current contract negotiations between Essendon and Darcy Parish. How do you think that process will play out and which party will bend to the other's demands, do you think? Oh, well, I think I think Parish should take the five years that's on offer. It's an excellent offer uh, and it represents modern day security in the game. And I think anything else is excessive. Um, and I, find, I do find it really strange. If Parish's intention is to stay at Essendon, um, sign that five-year contract. I don't think his management group is doing him many favours, to be honest. And um, to listen to Scott Lucas yesterday as he sort of drew Essendon into a into a gunfight, as he said they were actively leaking uh, in on on Parish's scenario. That that's not a great position to resume conversations with today. So yeah, if he choose, if someone gives him a six-year contract and and they get the tier one compensation, I think that's a great deal for Essendon. Um, but if the intention is to stay, I just think they should just get to the business of signing a five-year deal, which is which is more than appropriate for a player of his standing. He's a, he's a good player. I, I don't want to be misunderstood of disparaging him. He's a good player, and five years is a great secure contract. Anything more than that is just excessive and beyond his standing at the club and in the game. Just back on the West Coast Eagles for a minute, I heard that they wanted to give that free air to, I suppose, or clear air to... Uh, Nat Nui and Hearn and Shuey, and that's why they've sort of held their, their guns on Adam Simpson. We'd expect a decision this week, though, either way on what Simo will do and what's your gut feel that they'll do with Adam Simpson. I think if they're going to remove him, I would imagine it has to be today. There, there's, I'm just not sure that there's any value in him going through the exit interviews with the players if he's then going to get marched out the door. And if it is true that the Eagles have made their decision, I, like, I can't imagine... This is a vote today. Uh, surely, with all the time the board had spent together in the past 10 days or so, they, they had reached an outcome. Uh, I would anticipate that this would happen pretty rapidly. And it needs to. If they want to remove him, uh, they have to treat him with dignity. And I don't. I think they've failed on that front over the, over the past couple of weeks. They've left him hanging. And in a way, I think they've left him publicly petitioning for his job. That's an awful position to be in. He's contracted for the next two years. If they want to remove him, they should bring him in, shake his hand, pay him out in full as he is entitled to, and then uh, a bit of a bit of honesty and clarity around it. So, yeah, I think that, that has to happen quickly if they want to move against him. Before I let you go, uh, finals obviously so exciting, not too far away now. H- how do you think the Premiership race is poised? For me, I think Melbourne, then I think, well, Brisbane's going to have potentially two home games at the Gabba, two home finals at the Gabba. It's really hard to pin down a, a favourite, I think, isn't it? Yeah, so it's a brilliant starting point. I think the favourite is the winner of Collingwood and Melbourne. It's sort of connoisseur's choice as to how you want to line that up. They played the King's birthday game. Melbourne was strategically excellent against the Pies. They dominated that game, but only won by a handful of points. Um, Brisbane have the potential for all the favours at the Gabba. That's what they've set themselves up for. They run heavy favourites against Port Adelaide, and that gives them a home prelim. And that's the saloon run through to a grand final. So, yeah, I feel like the winner of Collingwood and Melbourne would be my favourite because the other has to go to Brisbane and, and win the way the hard way through there so yeah I, I i have a leaning towards collingwood still on the on the length of the season and i hate the injuries melbourne have got late with petty and now melksham out of their forward line i've got all the respect in the world for brisbane at the gabba i'm just less convinced about them against one of their melbourne rivals at the mcg on grand final day 
Well said. Uh, now, you're back from 9 o'clock this morning. What can we look forward to on your show? Yeah, so it's a big means test to understand all that <laughs> went down in round 24 uh, and, and the assessments of those whose season is over. We've got a heap of time now to contemplate what comes next with the, with the weekend off. Um, so, yeah, a lot of analysis over, over what we learnt from the weekend, what it means for the final series, and then what the task is for, for some of those clubs who are not going to be part of it. Jared Waitley, we can't wait to see you do your best work in September as well. Obviously part of the SEN team here and we'll have all the games live and uh, covered for you on the SEN app and right through the network. Thanks so much for giving up your time again for us this morning. Jared, we look forward to your show from 9 o'clock this morning. Terrific, Brent. Have a great Monday. You too. Jerry Waitley there, one of the best in the business, or the best in the business, I should say. And uh, no doubt Jared's got a big uh, run home in him too for the final part of the season. We can't wait for it here on SEM. We've got to get to a break. On the other side of it, it's our Tassie Sports Stars of the Week. We're here thanks to Harrison Agents. We are Tasmanian. It's SEN Tassie Breakfast.